I have to put you on to Armoire, the convenient solution to effortless, fresh, and stylish dressing. With an Armoire membership, you can curate the perfect wardrobe with high-quality, unique brands tailored specifically to your taste. Simply take a five-minute style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, then your chosen styles arrive at your doorstep in as little as two days. When it's time for a wardrobe refresh, just swap out your current pieces for new-to-you styles. I go from professional to the carpool pickup line, so I need a diverse wardrobe. With Armoire, I always have something fresh and on-trend for any occasion, without the clutter. I recently edited my wardrobe to staple pieces only because Armoire allows me to add new pieces monthly and return them just in time for me to do it all over again. And by renting, rather than constantly buying new clothes, I'm contributing to sustainability. Armoire is currently helping me through my chic era with all the high fashion and edgy options that I am loving. And the empowering aspect of supporting a women-founded and women-led business is so cool. With their personalized styling suggestions and diverse designer offerings, Armoire has helped me define and refine my personal style, even as trends evolve and my body changes. Whether it's a date night, a professional event, a formal affair, or just a trip to the grocery store, Armoire ensures that I am always dressed to impress effortlessly. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash murderish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash murderish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey everyone, it's Jamie. Welcome to this bonus episode of Murderish, which is a lighthearted recap of my trip to Nashville to attend CrimeCon. I got on the phone with my friend Carrie Martin, who co-hosts White Wine True Crime and the Pretty Scary Podcast, and we dished about our trip to Nashville, which begins with a crazy flight out there which may have landed us on the TSA watch list. We'll see. We talk about trip highlights, which includes hanging with Josh Mankiewicz from Dateline NBC. I think you'll get a good laugh listening to this episode, and it's a nice break from the dark topics usually presented on the show. You'll notice some new intro and outro music on this episode. I'm a huge fan of hip-hop music, and I wanted to feature music on the show that reflects my love of hip-hop. But of course, it has a dark spin to it given the nature of the show. I hope you enjoy it. The new music was created by Nico Vitisse of We Talk of Dreams, who was an absolute pleasure to work with. I've included Nico's contact information in show notes. All right, let's get into the CrimeCon recap with my good friend, Carrie Martin. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's good. How are you? I'm good. I miss you already. Oh my God, I miss you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Too much. I know. We had so much fun and it was seriously such a buzzkill when you had to leave the next day. I agree, but I'm hoping to be there for CrimeCon 2019 in NOLA. I know. That is going to be super cool. I've never been there, so that'll be fun. You've never been to New Orleans? I have not. Oh, girl. I know. How many times have you been there? Twice. One when I was 20. Oh, God. (laughs) I can just imagine. (laughs) with my friends and it was like a frenzy uh the second time was a couple years ago for jazz fest and that was a lot of fun uh on a much minor scale oh that's cool so okay so when you go when you're 20 is it just like what you see like you know on tv it's just like everybody crowded in the street throwing necklaces showing boobies drinking well when we started there was five girls and so we started out and everyone was like we're not gonna show our boobs and then like (laughs) hour or two later after x amount of hurricane drinks they have it was like i was on some guy's shoulders showing my boobs and like being pelted in the face because they throw them off the balcony so oh, everyone's grabbing bees while i was being pelted in the face on some guy's shoulders by bees so i got none everybody around me got a bunch of bees oh my god that is so funny <laughs> Things happen. Yeah, you come home and you have a bucket of beads. Which, by the way, you will sell your soul to the devil for these beads because you're like, oh my god, that bead's cool. Like, 
And so you're showing all your parts and then you come home with all these beads and it's like, well, now what? And you realize like when you get home that these damn beads are just whatever you win at like some yeah, like, like game store. Right. <laughs> like when you right. take your kids well, to play like, had them. yeah, like you take your kids to play like freaking arcade games and they, they like get those cheap toys when you turn in your tickets <laughs> and those beads are like one of the toys. Basically, I think I had some on like my rear view mirror because I was 20. <laughs> oh I rode around town with them for like a month or two. And then I was like, what am I doing? Even at 20, I was like, what am I doing? I'm like, what am I doing with these damn beads in my <laughs> rear view mirror? Really? That is so awesome. So, I mean, I just wanted to get on the phone with you. I want to recap our trip, even though you were only there for less than 24 hours. It seems like we <laughs> lived a whole lifetime when you were there. <laughs> It did feel like that, but it was so fun. And I totally had FOMO because I watched your pictures and I was like, oh, I wish I was there. Dude, I so wish I was there. I wished you were there so bad. And we talked about you a ton. We were like, damn it. Why did Carrie have to leave? Just would have like been like the major icing on the cake if you were there. But we'll talk about that. And I mean, obviously, our plane ride out there was like the best plane ride ever. It ended up being not about. Yeah, it wasn't a bad trip. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm thinking we start with, I mean, obviously, so you and I had made plans. I mean, well, first of all, let me back up a few months. I mean, you and I met in a Facebook group. I think we were both in Kate Casey's Facebook group, right? Correct. Okay. So we're both in Kate Casey's Facebook group and she hosts the reality life. Is it reality life with Kate Casey? It is. Yeah. So you and I were in that Facebook group along with um, a girl named Abby. And like, I think I saw the two of you talking about CrimeCon in the group. And then I probably butted into your conversation was like, wait a minute, what is this CrimeCon that you're talking about? And it sounds amazing. And then you guys were just basically like, oh my God, CrimeCon, it's so much fun. You have to come. And I knew from that moment that I was going to immediately go down the rabbit hole researching CrimeCon. What is this? Like, I need to go. But I don't even know if I had launched my podcast by then. I think you might have been like in the infancy stages. Oh, okay. like it might have just launched. Okay. Yeah. I think that might have been right because I launched in November. So I think it was probably right around right. that time. Okay. So then I was, I mean, I obviously wanted to go to CrimeCon as a listener, but for sure I wanted to go as a podcaster. So yeah. So that's how I heard about CrimeCon was really from you. And then you and I just like sparked up a friendship and texting back and forth and talking about stuff. And then it just so happened that you were like, hey, if you're going to fly out there, I'll just hop on your flight so we can, you know, fly together to CrimeCon. And I was like, that's so perfect because I was kind of dreading going to CrimeCon by myself. You know what I mean? Like, even though like as a 40 year old woman, it's like going to CrimeCon, I know, you know, I'm pretty outgoing. I'll talk to anybody, but still it's kind of awkward, like walking into this big crowd, like, Hey, here I am. Does anybody want to be my friend? <laughs> like, You know what I mean? So it was just, of course. And again, my intention was I'm going to, I'm going to be there with white wine, true crime. I'm going to be there for yep. the whole weekend. And then even when that didn't happen, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fly out there. Because I have other matters to deal with on the East Coast. So let's still take the same flight out. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. And we kind of became friends. We had met up once before. Yep. Uh, CrimeCon happened and we had a great dinner. And uh, at that point, I was like, Jamie's a great girl. And I'm <laughs> going to introduce her to as many people as I can, which is like a few num. Again, I was out there for such a short amount of time, but I was like, let me see <laughs> who I can introduce her to in this amount of time. And I believe one of the people you really wanted to meet was the Manx. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. So yeah. And first of all, you and I had so much fun having drinks when we first met up, like what, a couple months ago after I did that interview with Rod Demery from Murder Chose Me, which right. you hooked me up with him too, because you were supposed to interview him on your pod and it, you know, you were kind of winding down or whatever. And So Mm -hmm. you just said, hey, Jamie, you know, are you interested in interviewing Rod? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So you connected me with Rod. I did the interview with him. And then you and I made plans to meet up for drinks afterward. And that was the first time we met. And I was like, totally like, I was just like, you're exactly like you are through text message and social media. Super cool. You know, really chill, a lot of fun, funny. And I was like, yeah, I could definitely hang out with this girl. You're definitely like a connector. I could see that like something in your personality, you you like to connect people and you totally do. 
And that's what you did, you know, when we got to CrimeCon, like, just like you said, you're like, Jamie, I want to introduce you to as many of my podcast listeners, my friends. And of course, you had talked about us meeting up with Manx, which I was like, yes, let's meet up with Manx. Because you met Manx last year at CrimeCon, right? And sparked up a friendship with him. No, I met Manx because I do some of my best investigative work. Uh, when I'm at happy hour. And so I sat there at a happy hour, God, probably a year and a half, two years ago, two years ago. And I remember I was just like randomly like tweeting different people and like Manx would always write back right away to the point where I was like, I think Josh Mankiewicz is catfishing me. Like, I don't know if this is really (laughs) Josh Mankiewicz because he writes back. Like, he's like a thing. He's like a big deal. Right. There's no way he's like writing me back right away. I had always had like a little bit of a crush on Josh Mankiewicz. I always thought like, ah, this guy is like the bad boy of Dateline. Totally. So I threw it out to him like, hey, would you want to be on White Wine True Crime? And he wrote back, yes, why haven't I been on this before? And that's when I was like, okay, this guy's not real. And so when Caitlin and I, because we had him meet us at her house. And we were so nervous. I remember him pulling up and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> First of all, she bleached the shit at, like out of her house. <laughs> I literally was like, I, just, I have to go poo. Like I have to go poo. Like I don't know if this is him. Like what's going on? So he gets out of his, out of his convertible. It's convertible something. Oh my God. Uh, and he was like, hey guys, hold on. I have Dateline hats for you. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, he's really here. <laughs> and that was like the most... I don't want to say fun because we are talking about like true crime, but like we sat around, we interviewed him for an hour and a half. And then like another hour and a half later, we're still just talking about cases. Oh and my once you know the Manx, like he just loves to chat. Yep. He's a chatter. Yep. And he's great. And we like, we like had this group text and we'd still talk. And when Caitlin got pregnant, he like sent her, um, I think a baby car seat. Like he's just like, he's just Aww. a good guy. He is. Oh my God. Okay. So I totally forgot about that part. You, so yeah, you connected with him on Twitter and then he right. on the white wine, true crime podcast with you and Caitlin, you yes. got a blast. And then you, you know, met up with him uh, at CrimeCon last year as well. Right. Yeah. So he met up at CrimeCon with us last year where, where Caitlin was probably seven or eight months pregnant. Oh my God. Um, to the point where it was so funny. I remember I was like, how do I shake this bitch? Like, I just want to go downstairs and have fun. But like, she wants to hang out. Like, I don't want to rub her feet. Like, I just really want to go down and have fun with everybody. Right. And so I'd be like, I have to go to the ATM. And then I'd go downstairs. And then all of a sudden, half an hour later, she'd show up. And she was like, you know, I felt like, like a baby daddy who had done wrong. Yeah. Where she's like, where were you? Like, you didn't come back up. But it was in Indianapolis the first year. And he showed up out of nowhere. And the best part was, is I had walked up to a table of listeners and they were like, the best part would be if you could bring Manx here. And all of a sudden I turned to the right and he was there and he goes, Carrie, no, gives me a hug and a kiss on the cheek. But the great thing about Manx is he will talk to everybody. Like Mm -hmm. he just wants, and I will bring up people from last year and he's like, oh yeah, how's Jenny doing? How's Caroline doing? And how it like, he just remembers everybody. He's just a good guy. He is. He's exactly as you described him. And I was so excited when you introduced me to him, you know, at CrimeCon this year, and we had so much fun. So, but like yours and my trip started when, okay, we made our flight plans. We're on the same flight. We're flying out of LAX. So you drove there and parked and I took a lift all the way from my house in Bum F Egypt. I live up in Mm -hmm. like the Santa Clarita area, as you know. So that's like a long Uber ride to the airport, but I just didn't want to deal with parking and all this. So anyway, I ordered my lift. And then of course I start texting you in the car and I'm like, well, shit, I think I ordered my lift way too late. I might miss this flight. You know, I was kind of panicking and you're totally blase. You're like, oh, I just woke up. I'm just having coffee. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like nervous Nelly, like I'm going to miss the flight. And I had these visions of you getting on the flight without me. And I'm like, oh my God, my flight's going to be boring now. And I'm going to miss out on the first night. Like my whole life was flashing before me. Anyway, I get to the airport and it all works out. But the funny thing is I get to LAX and I got this. And you had told me ahead of time that your friends, John and Rich, who host the, um, the crime podcast, Crime with Three Eyes, Yes. Um, you were like, Hey, they're going to be on our flight too. And I was like, Oh, cool. You're like, yeah, I'll introduce you. 
So you sent me a text after I got through security and you had already gotten through security. You're like, hey, which terminal are you in? I'm in terminal number two, but the guys from the crime podcast are in terminal three. And meanwhile, you know, mind you, you and I are on the same flight. So I was like, that's weird. I'm like, like, why is Carrie in a different terminal? But eventually we're going to get on the same plane. I don't get it. (laughs) But I was just totally like having a blonde moment. I'm like, I guess that's how it works here at LAX. I don't really know. So I was about to text you back and tell you that I was in terminal three with the guys from the crime podcast. Um, so then eventually you figured out, oh shit, I'm in the wrong terminal. And you had to go all the way back through security and meet me in terminal three, which is where you were supposed to be. <laughs> which I love that I just kind of, somehow life works out for me. It always like does. I never really, yeah, I never really know. Like, so I think I texted you guys and you're like, oh, we're in terminal three. And I was like, oh, wait, where am I supposed to be? So I was like in a Barney's Beanery by myself yeah. drinking wine, by the way, at like 9 a.m. Yeah. And I was like talking, talking to my waiter. I'm like, uh, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. So he leaves and like walks out to find out where I'm supposed to be. And he goes, oh, no, you were supposed to be at like another terminal. Walk down here. Oh, my God. So And take a bus to where you're supposed to be. And P.S., we're like about to board. And I was like, ah, that's like a thing. You're like, great. And so by so that- I look over and I go, oh, wait, that's Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Hart. I forgot yes. that. Yes. So I see them. So I'm distracted by taking pictures of Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart, who is very bitty. And by the way, they just look old. Like, they're yeah. so amazing. But it's like, wow, they've had like a career. You know, it's like, I wanted to touch them, but they seem like Fabergé eggs where if I touch them, like they might just like, they're so delicate and they'll just turn to right, right. When you touch them. Right. (laughs) So I get on a bus, I come over to you guys. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like we're here. Uh, we're about to board this flight. I'm not a good flyer. FYI. Yeah. You told me ahead of time. You were a nervous Nelly flyer. Right. So I got everybody a shot and a glass of whatever. Yes. And I was already drinking. So, so when I, when you told me, Oh, Hey, I have to go back through security. Turns out I'm in the wrong terminal. You know, give me a second. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go to the closest bar to terminal three and I sit there by myself and I have a vodka drink. And yes, it was nine 30 in the morning or something, whatever, who cares? And, okay. uh, so I'm sitting there drinking alone and I'm waiting for you. And then finally you showed up and I think John and Rich showed up with you or at the same time. And you introduced me to them and we were all excited about our flight and about CrimeCon. So you immediately bought everybody shots. I was already drinking a vodka drink. You were already drinking wine. And then we had, we pounded one more drink as everybody was boarding the plane. So we were nice and toasty. And, but what was funny is before you met me in the hotel, but when you had to go back through security, I had this thought, I was just sitting in the bar alone having a drink and I had this thought and I remembered that Heather McDonald from Juicy Scoop podcast was going to be going to Nashville as well. And I just had this weird random thought like, oh, I wonder if she's going to be on the same flight. I mean, what are the chances, you know? So I started to look around like the terminal and I literally within five seconds was like, there's Heather McDonald. (laughs) It was like so weird that I thought about it and then there she was. But anyway. So yeah, so Heather McDonald from Juicy Scoop and from the Chelsea Lately show, you know, a few years ago, she was on our flight. So anyway, back to our story, you and I were in the bar with with the guys, John and Rich from Crime. We pounded our drinks, we boarded the plane, and we were all in different seats. So none of us were really supposed to sit together. Like we all had different seats throughout the plane, but I was definitely determined. I was like, Carrie, I got this. I'm going to make sure you and me sit together and you were just like, okay, cool. And then, oh, so we walked on the plane and Heather McDonald spotted me right away. And I spotted her right away. And she just happened to be on the phone with her husband, Peter at the time. And I don't know why I said this, but Heather handed the phone. She's like, oh, Peter, Peter, Jamie's here. One of my listeners is here. And she hands the phone to me. I'm all, hey, Peter, Silver Fox. (laughs) And I don't know why I called him a Silver Fox, but he is a Silver Fox, by the way. Yes. I've yeah. seen him on, um, what's the Jeff Lewis show? Flipping out. Yes. I freaking love, that's my favorite show ever, by the way. I also love it. Yeah. It's the best. And yeah, they were on his show a few years ago. And I think Heather's talked about that on her podcasts. It's, it's pretty funny. 
But yeah, so he was on the phone. I'm like, hey, Peter, Silver Fox. And I was probably buzzed and whatever. So we just kind of laughed and we kept walking. So you sat in your seat at the back of the plane. I sat in my seat in the back of the plane. And I immediately started trying to make business deals. I was like, okay, so ma'am, do you really want to sit here? Or would you like to trade with my friend who's over there? And I immediately got shut down by this lady. She's like, oh no, my husband's right here in front of me. I don't want to move. And I was like, okay, on to the next. And so there was this other girl. And I was like, I asked this other girl, I was like, so she doesn't want to move, but would you like to move and trade my friend? So I'm like trying to finagle, like so that you and I can sit together. I'm like that annoying person on the plane. And then I guess the first lady decided she did actually want to trade with you. So she ended up trading with you. So you and I got to sit together, which was super cool. The crazy thing was, is that as soon as I saw that you were trying to like sell a middle suite, <laughs> yeah. I knew at that point I was like, <laughs> like I had nothing. I just stared at you. I yeah, you, you froze. I stared at you and I was like, you do what you can, but I'm not even going to, there's nothing I can proposition that make the middle seat sound like lucrative at all. Yes. Yeah. So if it doesn't happen, I'm just going to die over here in my uh, aisle seat. Yeah. And and the thing is, it's so funny that you're exactly right. We were selling a middle seat, which is not of any interest to anybody at all. But I was trying to just be super cheery. I knew I wasn't selling shit. Like, you know, I was selling you a bunch of crap basically, but I wanted them to see that oh, these are two friends and they really want to sit together, you know, like have pity on us. So I was just trying to make moves. And for some reason it worked out and you're right. I didn't have like anything of value to sell, but for some reason that lady like went for it and it was so perfect. So then we got to sit together. Well, I think I also dangled the carrot of I'm a nervous flyer. Oh, you did. So like we're kind of like, like my, not like my help dog. Yeah. Like not like my, like my <laughs> I was your service dog during the flight. And actually essentially you really were. I kind of was. <laughs> you very much were. So I forgot about that part. The lady that we were able to convince to move and and give you her seat, you I didn't hear it, but you guys had some sort of exchange, like kind of like she had pity on you because you're like, look, <laughs> I'm a nervous flyer. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it works. And I think she gave you like a warm, loving embrace. She did. Yes. And you were very thankful to her for that. And um, then you came and sat down next to me. And I'll say for the first 45 minutes of the flight, you were getting your sea legs. You were quiet. You were very stiff. Uh, You were just really trying to envision, you know, very good thoughts and puppies and unicorns and stuff like that. And And not uh, death. And not death. And I was trying to make you feel comfortable and change, you know, kind of like change your frame of mind and blah, blah, blah. But at one point you did something that you thought was going to comfort you. And in fact, it terrified the living shit out of you. <laughs> and do you remember what that was? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was like a little, little bit of turbulence, which I know turbulence will not make a plane go down. But in that, I just wanted to be comforted. Yes. Because it was a very turbulent flight. It actually was. It it was more turbulent than some flights I've been on. Not the worst, but it was definitely shaky. Right. And so I turned to uh, the flight attendant who was, you know, 60, 70, whatever. Evelyn. And I was like, how many times have you been through this? Like, what kind of turbulence are we experiencing? Like, this isn't a big deal, right? <laughs> to which said, she replies... Oh, no. There was one time the turbulence was so bad, I flew up with my car to the ceiling, and I have some shattered vertebrae because of it. I was like, what? And she got, I was like, wait, when did that happen? It was 1999. I go, oh, okay, okay. Well, no, that- I'm pretty sure she says like 1992. And you're like, okay, so that was like how many decades ago? Can we just keep this in the present, please? Can we like... But the fact that she was so quick to like react with like that trauma, like she obviously has PTSD. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Which caused you to have PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was on like to her like kerchief, just like, okay, so winter drinks. And the whole time I just had like a bunch of cash. Yes. Which they don't take on there. So I was like, every time there's a drink served, I was like, Jamie, like. Kind of like you were like my sugar daddy. I was. I was like, Jamie, 
Yeah. Jamie, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> and I was your service dog, your sugar daddy, your um, comforting voice of reason. Your <laughs> Who else wants to drink? Okay, you want one? No problem. Jamie, you got this. Jamie, okay. Jamie, you got Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you were... <laughs> You were offering the entire plane drinks. And then when they would accept, you're like, okay, Jamie, get your card out, Jamie. <laughs> Funny now. I was like, that's so awesome. And of course, meanwhile, <laughs> when freaking Evelyn and her broken vertebrae was like terrifying you, I was giving her death eyes and thinking, listen, bitch, now you've made my job so much harder to comfort my friend. And now I've got, you've just rewound the clock like an hour. I, I had her kind right. of comfortable. And now you're talking about your broken vertebrae from 1992. Uh, yeah, that's not good. I looked at you at one point and go, how much longer do we have? You're like two and a half hours. And I like collapsed onto the back of me. And I was like, we're going to And I tried to break it down for you when we had like two hours left. I'm all, Carrie, that's two Real Housewives episodes. <laughs> you were like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but with commercials. Well, yeah, you did say, you're all, yeah, but with commercials. I'm like, okay, that's besides the point, okay? Yeah, so I was trying my hardest. But after 45 minutes and how many Chardonnays? <laughs> quite a few. You had quite, Which I do have photo evidence of that, but that's neither here nor there. You definitely were feeling really good. And we yeah. We were laughing. You were, you know, we were having to pee a lot because we had a few drinks in us. And then you came up with a really um, genius idea. I thought it was genius at the time. And that was to send some death related, like not so nice notes uh, to our friends from the crime podcast, John and Rich, just for fun. For fun. For fun. This is all just a light and fluffy joke here. Okay. So you're like, okay, let's get this um, Delta, you know, airline napkin and let's get a pen and let's write a note to each one of them. And we're going to have the flight attendant deliver it for us. And we won't say who the note's from. So I don't, you have, I think, (laughs) I I think that you have photographic evidence of these notes of some sort, because I think we took pictures of them. But anyway, okay. So the note to John or Rich. Rich's note said something. Okay, so the first one was to Rich, which Rich was very identifiable from the back. Yes. First of all, it said time, T-I-I-I-M-E. Right. To match their podcast, Crime with Correct. Three Eyes. Is ticking, hashtag TikTok motherfucker, <laughs> love Elizabeth, who was her 70 plus year old flight attendant. Yeah, this this is where it gets weird. So, well, actually, so um, was it Evelyn? Wait, well, Elizabeth. So Elizabeth, our flight attendant, who was adorable, takes the napkin. Yeah, and she says, "No problem, I'll deliver this for you." And we we were figuring out what their seat numbers were while we were sitting there. So I'm like, "Okay, that one's 25F. That one's 22B." Yes. We got Rich's seat number correct, and she delivered the note to him, and we sunk down on our seats so he wouldn't, you know, see us when he looked back to try and figure out who wrote in this note that said, TikTok, motherfucker, your time is danger number. to go from, like, 40 years old to, like, 15? That quickly. I, 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 I mean, I'm blaming it on you, but I, you know. <laughs> so Elizabeth delivers the note. Rich opens it. And of course, he immediately starts looking around the plane like, who, who, wait, what? Who, who sent me this note? You know, and we're or like oh. whack-a-mole. Like our heads keep popping up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, does he see us? Does he know it's us? Like, who else would it be? Yes. So he looks back and it's like, ha, oh, whatever. I don't even know if he ever really figured out right away that it was us. So then we sent another note that was kind of similar, but we gave it to Elizabeth and said, now please deliver this note to our friend, John. Here's what he looks like from the back. Here's what we think his seat number is, which we ended up being wrong. What did his note say? Nice. And I, I, I see knowing you bitch love Elizabeth. <laughs> see, it's still funny when we're sober. So I'm sorry. That proves that it actually <laughs> was funny. Okay. 
at least funny to us. The problem was yes. that I guessed his seat because he is a grown man with very lush black, like Jewy curls. Yeah. Yeah. He's got like a lot of hair. It sticks out of his hat. If he was wearing, I think he was wearing a hat. It could be wrong. He was. Okay. He so, was. so from behind, I was like, oh, it must be 28F. Yeah. We thought that was right. And I just went with it. I was like, oh yeah, whatever she says. Yeah. Just deliver yep. it to 28F. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, go ahead. I watch Elizabeth, poor, poor Elizabeth, <laughs> okay. her flight attendant, walk down the aisle and hand the note. And all of a sudden I see the profile and I go, oh no, oh, oh no, that's a girl. That's, actually, that's a girl. That's not John. That's not know. John. I don't know what to do. So we scrunch on our seats and then I see like some combative conversation between Elizabeth and the person she gave the note to. Right. And then Elizabeth comes back and she goes, yeah, I don't know what you wrote, but she wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. Well, at, at one point we, we realized actually, um, oh, that she... wasn't her, that, that's not our friend, John. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we're so sorry. <laughs> like, couldn't you send one more note? <laughs> I'm doing like an aggressive hand wave. Like, no, <laughs> that's not him. <laughs> And yeah, so she gets the note. She's not happy. She's utterly confused, possibly afraid for her life because it does right. nice note. So we're like, can you send this note back? And where we wrote, hey, our bad. Uh, can we buy you a drink? We're so sorry. <laughs> we are so sorry. We're so sorry on the napkin. And Elizabeth was like, I have been doing this for 40 years. I do not want to send one more note back. And we're like, okay. Okay, That's so fair. you're done. So she's retired from passing <laughs> notes. Fine, fine. That's fair. Well, then the lady came back and we were still scrunched up on our seats. Like maybe if we just scrunch up, she won't see us. Yeah, we don't exist. And she was like, did you send that note? And we're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And instead of explaining it, we just hold up the new note that says, hey, but what we'll you would <laughs> She just looks at us and she goes, honestly, I think it's so funny. I'm just so hungover. That you got to realize how scary that is to get a note that says, like, nice knowing you, bitch. And she goes, I'm hungover. And I'm just like, who did I, who did I piss off on this plane? And she's probably a plane of like 100 people. Like, who did I piss off? Like, what did I do? And she's probably so confused because you're like, your brain works at like 40% capacity when you're freaking hungover. And she's just trying so hard to understand this note. Like, why does somebody want to kill me? <laughs> right. right. Or why is anybody sending me like bad vibes? So we're like, yeah. oh my God, wrong person. We're so sorry. Right. I wanted a drink. And she's like, no. We're like, are you sure you don't want to hear of the dog it? And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, but thank God it was the prank. Like, I just remember her saying like, thank God. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I just kept thinking like, what did I do to somebody? Yeah. How could I upset somebody like one hour into the flight God. so badly? That at like which time, my, at, at which time in my mind, I was strategizing if this lady's really angry, I'm just throwing this all on Carrie. The Carrie's going down. <laughs> she came up with the plan. <laughs> I'll be honest. Now that I know that, fair. Yeah. <laughs> fair. I was going to let you take the rap. I was going to let you take the rap. But Okay, so she was the best person ever who could have received that note because she was so uh, cool about it. She was like... Besides her intended recipient? Yes. She was the you. best person who could have received that note. So I'm a little fuzzy on what happened next. So eventually... So John, who didn't get his note at first, he ends up writing a reply note. But what prompted him... So what happened after... We discovered that we sent the note to the wrong person and then she confronted us and then we all laughed it off. What happened after that? Well, he wrote like a reply back that was kind of like, like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. Like once it got to him, but it went back to the same. Oh, place. that's what. <laughs> Which was that poor lady. Oh, God. <laughs> that is what happened. So, yes. So eventually John writes a reply note. And Elizabeth goes and delivers it or John delivers it to that same lady who got our note. And I'm like, this poor lady has been called a bitch twice on this flight yeah. and she has done nothing to <laughs> anybody. 
I mean, we laugh about it. I don't know. Like, I feel minorly bad. But at the same time, we did offer her a drink. Yes. She was fine. She was fine when we talked to her. For sure. And she was laughing and was, like, so funny and cool about it. And so we are very I wish you would have had a drink with us. That would have made me feel better. That would have been the best. So, yeah. And then, so the rest of the fight was awesome. We laughed. John came over and, you know, was totally. Oh, John came over. And at that point you had written a rap. Oh, to Heather yes. McDonald. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And like, so, Hey, so why don't we write a rap to Heather McDonald and have John pass it to Heather McDonald? So I wrote a rap. I don't even remember what it was. I think I, talked about us all being on the same plane, going to Nashville. Uh, and then I think, I think I ended it with um, Juicy Scoop and Murderish for Life or something like that. So I wrote the rap. John takes it. We tell him who Heather is. I love that you still managed to like plug your own podcast. Uh, like, why wouldn't I? <laughs> Wait, is that weird shit? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It worked. There you go. There you go. Oh my God. So yes. So he sends the note and he walks up to Heather McDonald and he couldn't get her attention at first because she had headphones on. She was watching a movie and she was like, apparently, according to John, really, really, really into this movie. Like it was so, it it was in a really intense like scene of the movie. And so John's like, Heather, are you Heather? Heather? And he's like waving his hands. And Heather later told us after we got off the flight that he was trying to get her attention right as a bus hit a girl and killed her. And so she was like terrified of the movie. And then all of a sudden there's a stranger off to her side going, excuse me, are you Heather McDonald? I have a note for you. (laughs) And like Heather looked at him with like this terrified look like, oh, who are you? And the flight attendant even came back and freaking laughed her ass off. She's like, oh my God, that was so funny. Heather was so terrified. Or she didn't know her name, but she's like, that lady was so terrified when he handed her the note. John hands Heather the wrap. She got it. And then. We finished our flight. We got off the flight. We said hi to Heather and walked with her for a while and just kind of laughed about it. And then you and me caught like an Uber. No, we got a cab or no, we got a shuttle of death. That's what it was. Remember, we almost died on the way to the hotel in our shuttle. I don't know. I doubt. Yeah. And we were on Facebook Live at the time this happened. I remember the Facebook Live. I remember thinking after like, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I basically forced you because I I just started doing Facebook Live and shoved it in your face, basically. (laughs) You're like, oh, so I guess I'm doing this. Okay. All right. (laughs) So all I know is that I got back to the hotel. I checked in to which, by the way, if anybody has ever been at the Grand Ole Opry, it is the largest hotel with a map. Like you literally need a map. I yep. went into my room and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry because I barely ache the nerves. So I ordered a cheeseburger, macaroni and cheese, and <laughs> a veggie pizza. Which cost $1 million. Yeah, it was 50 but that is <laughs> $1 million in Randall <laughs> Opry money. And I, like, woke up at, like, 9 p.m. I had taken one bite out of everything. And oh, my out. God. <laughs> <laughs> And then I rallied and I met you guys out. And I forced you because. You did. So, yeah. Oh, I could have stayed in bed. Yeah. Whatever. So we, we checked in and I literally got so lost going to my hotel room because like you said, the grand, the, the Gaylord Opryland hotel is part hotel, part mall, part small city, part jungle is basically yeah. where, where you're at. And it's gigantor and they literally give you a map to go get, to find your room. And I'm an idiot and I could not find my room. So I was sweating balls and I finally got so frustrated. I found a hotel employee and I'm like, can you please escort me to my room? I was carrying this 50,000 pound bag, which you saw, I totally overpacked for the trip. And I was so tired, so exhausted, so sweaty. So anyway, I finally got to my room. I met up with my friend Simone, who goes by War Baby, and she's the um, she's the host of Murderous Miners podcast. And, yeah, yeah. And then we met up with Abby, and we had some drinks at that wasabi place, and had some food. And then that's when I started texting you, and I was like, "You need to wake up and rally." So you were like, "Okay, I'm on it. I'm going to wake up." You know, you 
got dressed, and then you ended up meeting us at the tent. I love when you say got dressed, which is I just put up the like hood to my hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> that that's what. Yeah, I meant you put a ponytail holder in your hair or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you put it was anything decadent. Like maybe like sprayed some like Axe body spray, which basically means I just rolled around like the comforter to get Axe body spray on me from the Grandel Opera. You were just trying to get the odor of the pizza and French fries and everything yeah. off me, yeah. off of you, <laughs> pretty much. Oh my god! So you, <laughs> so you met us. You met me and Simone and Abby and some other people at um, the tavern, which is a bar at the hotel. And there were some other podcasters already there. Uh, Tyler from Minds of Madness was there. Um, one of the hosts of Thinking Sideways was there. Um, uh, Rob, I think his name's Rob, Robin from The Trail Went Cold. I want to get his name right. I know his name. Robin Warder, I think. And then, um, yeah, he was there. And then uh, Justin Rimmel was there. And then you had Jessica from Asian Madness. She showed up later. You were there. The captain from True Crime Garage ended up showing up and bought you some drinks. And um, there was uh, a harem. He bought everybody drinks. Yes, he did. And This um, is the best thing about the captain. He rolled up and I was like, oh, my God, you're like a sweaty mess. And he goes, I've got vertigo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. The bar is about to close, and I was like, "Oh, oh uh, I think I'm okay." He's like, "Great, give her two. And I was like, what? "God dang it!" But everybody who was like, "Give him two. like, but like, he's just such a nice guy. If nobody <laughs> knows the captain from True Crime, True Crime Garage, he's just so fun and so great and such a sweetheart. He is. He was very nice. He was funny. We definitely bumped into him like all throughout the trip. And he was totally, you know, very engaging with people. Um, he definitely, you know, ha- had a harem of women that would follow him around. Um, of course. You know. The- yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So he he had his harem, which would change from night to night. And I don't think that he chooses these women. I think that he just, you know, he's he's the captain from True Crime. He just Garage, yeah. So the women, you know, they follow. And um, so that was pretty funny. And then, so we went to the tavern and then, then we went to Fuse where we sat down. It was me, you and Simone and, oh, and one of your listeners. What, is it? Is her name Janine? Yes. She's super sweet. So you introduced me to Janine and she's a, she was a listener of White Wine True Crime and Carrie, you already knew her, you know, before we went to Crime Con. Oh no, so, I did. We actually met there. Oh, okay. Got it. But you had you guys like interacted on social media? Yes, correct. Got it. So the four of us are sitting at, you know, a table at the bar at Fuse. And then uh, you ended up texting Manx, I think. And then Manx ended up coming like what, around midnight? Well, he told me that he, because I was like, when are you going to be in? And he goes, midnight. And I was like, okay, I'm here for one night only. <laughs> like It's literally just such a small blurb. And Leading up to CrimeCon, I was like, can we hang out on Thursday? He's like, yeah. So when I texted him that day, he's like, oh, I get in at midnight. All of a sudden, I looked down. It was like 1130. And I was like, I'm going to text the Manx. I love the Manx. He rolls in <laughs> not knowing any of the previous chaos. There was right. a little bit of chaos. There was a little chaos. He rolls in. Here's the other thing I love. People came up. Some girl comes up and she goes, I want to buy you all drinks. I want to buy you all a shot. Yeah. Oh. I don't drink shots. I go back to my college self. So I was like, I will take Rumplemans and we will take Rumplemans for the table. Yeah. <laughs> it was Rumplemans on Rumplemans. We drank Rumplemans. So oh my God. We Which were all- Nobody knows. It's literally just peppermint schnapps, essentially, with like a crazy proof. So all of a sudden, yeah, I, I come up out of nowhere because Mangs is like, I'm here. Like, okay, here's the other thing. Once you become friends with Mangs, he's kind of like, in the most adorable way possible, but like the angry old man, like on your like porch, like shaking his fist, like I'm yes. here. Where are you? Yes. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm looking for you. And then I turn around, and he's like hanging out with the masses, taking pictures, you know, doing doing the manks. Uh huh. So then I was like, well, I'm just going to start telling people he's my dad. <laughs> if I would have charged money for that, and looking back, I should have totally, and I didn't. 
but people were like, oh my God, it's Josh Mankiewicz. And I was like, that's my dad. And they're like, oh my God, you must be so proud. I'm like, very proud. I was like, you want to take a picture with them? And they were like, yeah. So Josh would turn around unassuming. And I'm like, they want to take a picture with you, dad. But I think he's just so used to me being weird that he was like, okay. He just so he rolls went, with it. He totally he rolled with it. everything. So he took so many pictures. Yeah. So the next day I wake up. Oh, are we on to the next day or no? Yeah. So yeah, no. And basically I just wanted to point out the fact that when Manx walked into the bar, the harem of women who were surrounding uh, the captain from True Crime Garage took a momentary break from the captain and swarmed the Manx. So I don't know who's a bigger pimp. I mean, I, it's debatable. Um, but I would say they both definitely, um, are ladies men for sure. Without even trying, without even trying. I think they just, the the ladies love those guys. I stand by the fact that the Manx is the bad boy of Dateline. He sure is. No, he is. A hundred percent. So the next morning, you know, when you wake up and it's like, I've had a few of it like the night before, like, I'm just going to be lazy. I think we were texting back and forth the next morning. Like, oh, we're going to be lazy. Like, oh, we'll get breakfast, whatever. Yeah. My, my, my flight was at two. So I was like, okay, I have to leave at noon. It was like 10. And Josh was like, hey, I'm up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grab a coffee. And I ignored it because I was like, I'm still in bed. <laughs> and then at like 1030, he writes, hello. <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, oh, okay. So I'll get ready and I'll meet, I'll, I'll meet you downstairs. And he was like, okay, this is where I'll be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gave me like, basically like coordinates to where he was. And I was like, oh, and he goes, I'll pay. You just have to show up. And I was like. It felt like I had no other choice but to meet him for breakfast, whether I wanted to or not. Oh, yeah. And I did want to, and I love Josh, but it was so funny because I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting, like, tea served from Josh Mankiewicz at 10 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm on, like, Grand Ole Opry sheets. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. Right. But, yeah, so you met him for breakfast, and I knew that you guys were probably going to meet for breakfast the next day. And I was like you. I just wanted to wake up slowly and, like, do my thing, have coffee in my hotel room and not, like, be in any rush. So by the time I was, like, almost done getting ready, I think I texted you and was like, hey, so where are you? What what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm still, you know, I'm still at breakfast with Banks. I was like, cool. If you guys are still there in 20 or 30 minutes or whatever, I'll meet you down there. You're like, cool. So I came downstairs met you guys and sat down at your table, but then you basically had to leave like as soon as I got down to the table because you had mm-hmm. to catch your flight. So we said our goodbyes, you left, and then me and Manx just kind of talked true crime and talked about a bunch of stuff. And then eventually Simone um, came down and met us too. So we sat there for like an hour and a half with Manx just having coffee, eating, and of course he paid for it. He insisted, which was so sweet. Um, and yeah, we just talked to crime and then we just kind of said, okay, well, well, let's go our separate ways now. And, you know, Manx had some obligations that day because I, you know, there was like a, I don't know if it was that, actually not that day, but the next day, the Dateline crew was going right. to have a session, right? So we were just like, okay, Manx, we'll text us later. We'll meet up. And we kind of loosely talked about maybe going to Heather's um, comedy show. So Heather McDonald was having a comedy show in downtown Nashville that night, which was what, Friday night? <clears throat> and so, was it Friday night that we went? I think it's Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday. We talked about going the next day to her show, Saturday night. But we didn't make any, like, affirmative plans. So, you know, me and Simone did our thing at CrimeCon. You know, we went through Podcast Row and, you know, talked to all the podcasters. And I got to meet so many podcasters that I've been, you know, interacting with on social media for so long. I mean, it would take me forever to name everybody, but they were all there. Um, went to some sessions. I got to meet Jim Fitzgerald, which I was super excited about because I had just interviewed him a couple weeks prior and I had dropped the the Jim Fitz interview episode like the day before I got to meet Fitz. So that was kind of cool timing. Um, we met just a, a bunch of people like, you know, Nancy Grace was there as you know, and all that. And then that night, that night is a little blurry for me. I mean, obviously I remember Saturday night because that's when we went out with Manx and Keith Morrison, but I know we all, we went out to a bar. I don't really recall. It must've been uneventful. Um, what was it? I don't remember. I'll, it'll come to me. But then the next day, Saturday, you know, Simone and I went to CrimeCon again 
or we went to, you know, to all the sessions and met, met up with the podcasters and walked around around. jungle, which is Opryland hotel. And then we made plans with Manx and it looked like we all were kind of planning to go to Heather McDonald's um, comedy show. That same night, there was going to be a big meetup, which was going to be hosted by the guys from Gen Y, the, um, the hosts of Thinking Sideways, and then the True Crime Garage guys. And so Simone and I had planned on going to that because everybody was going to be there. But the more we thought about it, we were like, it's probably going to be so crowded. It's probably going to be so loud. And we just kind of wanted to do something more chill. So. Right. That's when we talked to Manx. We're like, you know what? We think we are going to go to Heather's show. Are you going to go too? And he's like, yeah, I'm definitely going. Well, it turned out that Manx texted us and he's like, look, I'll just put you on the list. Like for Heather's show, I'm already on the list. I'll put you on the list that you're, you know, my guest. So Manx puts us on the list and we show up and join. And then he texts us and says, oh, and I'm bringing Keith with me as well. We were like, oh my God. Because up to that point, we hadn't met Keith Morrison yet. So we were super excited, you know, to go to this show. So me and Simone hop in, a, in an Uber and we ride down there and we get there and Manx was already at his table with Keith Morrison. Uh, Manx's brother, Ben, was there. And then a couple who were either Manx or Keith's friends. I'm not sure. You know, they were probably friends with all of them. So the five of them or the four of them, one, two, three, four, were sitting there. So me and Simone walked in and joined their table we watched Heather's comedy show, which was really good. Everybody was like dying. It was a great show. We had some drinks. But while we were there, I mean, it was dark in the room by the time we got there because the lights were down because the comedians were on stage already like doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to like see who was who. But this girl, one of Heather's fans who was in the audience, walks up and she immediately spots Manx and she just stops and she stares at him. And then she looks at me and she's like, is that? Josh Mankiewicz. And I was like, it is. And I kind of feel like his handler. When you hang out with Manx, it's because you feel like you're his handler. Like you're trying to be the gatekeeper. You're trying to keep people off if he doesn't really, you know, if he wants like a breather. He can handle himself and he's good with it. But you do get protective of him because he'd be protective of you. For sure. And he gets it all night long. And you're right. He keeps his cool. He takes a picture with everybody. He talks to everybody. He's so, so down to earth and cool like that. But you just automatically feel protective. Like, God, he's endured so many hugs and so many pictures and so many conversations. So I just looked at the girl and I was like, yeah, it is. But I was trying to be quiet because by this point, Heather was on stage doing her act. Right. So it was like, okay, you know. So she forces Manx to take a selfie with her with this like really bright flash. And of course, it's like calling attention to our table. Then she rounds the corner and sees Keith Morrison and has a freak out moment and basically was so aggressive with him. She walks up and goes like there wasn't much room between where Keith was sitting and then like the wall behind him. But she somehow like shimmied her way through and like positioned herself behind Keith. But but. She did this after she was motioning for him to join her in the hallway. She wanted him to get out of his chair, walk to the lit hallway and take a picture with her. And she literally said to him, she goes, Keith, I'm going to need you to step inside the hallway with me. (gasps) I swear scouts on her. She said that to him. And I was like, oh, God, this is what did he say? He was really cool about it. He just kind of gave her a look and was like, well, you know, kind of motioning like, well, can we do this later? Because Heather's performing right now and it's kind of rude, you know, because by the, because people were starting to look over right, oh, right. what's going on over there. But she was relentless. And when she knew, when she, you know, caught the hint that Keith wasn't going to get up out of his chair and take a picture, she shimmies herself, you know, behind his chair and just basically forces him to take a selfie. She puts the camera out. She puts the flash on. And it was like, it was so awkward. And Manx's brother, Ben, was just like looking at me like, um, that was really weird. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, and I totally get where the girl's coming from. It is so cool when you've been watching a show like for so many years. I mean, who doesn't know the Dateline guys, right? So it is exciting, but it's just the timing was like so bad. But anyway, so that was like one awkward moment. But so this is something that Josh and I talked about as far as like celebrity and like how people deal with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just there is a time and a place. And I mean, there's Josh and I at this point are friends. But at the same time, it's like I don't also want to ever think that it's like I'm taking advantage no. of, like, of his celebrity. 
No. You know, not at all. My mom loves him. Like it'd be cool if she like FaceTimed him, but at the same time, like he's my bud. Yeah. And totally. And that I value more than anything else. And it was cute because like that morning when I left, you know, he of course he like gives, you know, the hug and the kiss on the cheek and he's just like, All right, well, I'll let you know the tea. like he's just there's times before you got there when we're just like chatting he's like what happened the night before and he remembers everybody's names and you know i'm kind of telling him some of the stuff and he was like you know we're just talking like girls like that's what he says he's like you know we're just talking like girls he's just he's just such a cool guy he's He's so to protect him and so i get that with you know the fact that that girl did that it's like at this point, I know the Manx well enough where it's like he would do certain things. And so I thought it was fun to be like, oh, that's my dad. Take pictures. Right. But in that instance, it called for it. Yeah. You know what I mean, when you're at a comedy show, just anybody listening, if somebody's at dinner or something, like at the same time, give them some respect. Totally. And and knowing Josh and even Keith too, like they would have totally given this girl her picture if she would have right. just waited, right? They're so cool. They're both down to earth. Neither one of them are like, you know, divas in any way. They're like so down to earth, but she just like had to have the picture right then. And, right. Um, you know, and you're right. When we were in the bar with Manx, like later on, you know, that night, it's like the same thing. Like we were all joking and this, you know, a couple women came up and of course they're all drunk from whatever they're doing at crime con, you know, this is like late in the night and they're coming up and they're like, okay, which one of you are, are Manx's wife? And of course, both of us raised our hand. We're like, I am, you know, like, Totally right. just going with it. And then, of course, we're like, ha no, we're not. Um, but then I'm like, and then I would just offer. I'm like, okay, so do you want a picture with Manx? You know, like, let's get this going, you know. Um, but I found myself talking for him. Like, there was at the end of the night, he had had so many selfies, so many conversations, yada, yada. And when women would come up, I mean, they would have their initial conversation with Manx. But then I would just turn to them and kind of like take over the conversation because I felt like, he needed me to in that moment. He may not have, but I was just kind of like, dude, this guy's been talking all day long. And mind you, he had an hour long session at CrimeCon where he was on stage talking. And then afterward, they stood up for literally almost two hours and people went through this long line to take pictures with them and shake their hand and talk to them. So he was probably exhausted. But yeah, you totally get protective. So after the comedy show, we all got up and we went backstage and, and met up with Heather and talked to her and, you know, took some pictures and had some laughs and she was super cool. Um, and then we got in the Uber with, um, Keith, Keith, Manx, me and Simone and Ben, um, got in the Uber and I did a Facebook live. I was like, Keith, Josh, I'm like, you guys mind if I do a Facebook live for my, you know, the podcast Facebook group. And they're like, Oh, let's do it. You know, they're totally game for anything. They're so freaking cool. And I was just fixated on Keith's shoes all day long because Keith Morrison wears really cool shoes. He's wearing like these Chuck Taylors with no laces. And I was like, you're the coolest dude ever. So I uh, turned on my Facebook live and I'm kind of like, hey, guys, I'm in an Uber, you know, with Manx and, you know, Manx and Keith and Ben. And um, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, Keith wears the coolest shoes. And he picks up his foot and he puts it toward the camera. He's like, yeah, look, see, (laughs) like. (laughs) that's so cool he was so freaking cool like that night was just so like memorable and then you know Keith ended up going to you know he went to his hotel room when we got back uh, after we, we all took a stroll through the hotel and then Ben went to his hotel room and Keith went back to his hotel room and then Manx of course stayed out for a couple more hours with me and Simone we ate some junk food at the bar we had some drinks and um, just talked with listeners. And of course, Manx was just like in the spotlight all night, all the women and some men too coming up to him and asking for pictures. And I don't know, he's amazing. He's so, so awesome. And then Manx left the next day, um, Saturday or no Sunday, he was going to drive to DC. You're right. So yeah. And then me and Simone just ended our trip. We did our last day, you know, walked around crime con a little bit and then just got on our flight and, you know, Oh, when we got to the airport, it was pretty cool because, um, we went back to what's it called? BNA or whatever, Nashville airport. And when we got there, um, up walks Jim Clemente and like basically the entire XG productions team. And they were all just like sitting next to us in the airport. And I was exhausted from the trip and also knew that they were probably exhausted. So I totally left them alone. I didn't say hi. I didn't ask for a picture. 
nothing like that. But it was just kind of cool to be sitting next to, you know, Jim Clemente and all of his XG crew. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad that you had a fun time at CrimeCon because CrimeCon really is a lot of fun. It's so much fun. And I I think you're the one who described it or somebody. It's like being at like a summer camp and everybody's staying in dorms and everybody's all giddy. It was uh, the captain. Yeah. (laughs) The first time that we talked about, um, we recapped CrimeCon last year. And he goes, I feel like I'm talking about band camp. And everyone's talking about their experience there. It's so like that. It's exactly it's so like crazy that. too. Because if you guys haven't had a chance to go, please do. It is like rather costly, like the whole trip, but it is worth it if you take it like a vacation because yeah. you get to hang out with all these people that like you've seen on TV or that you've read about, and it's like they're right there. And we had the uh, the extra experience of being friends with Josh Mankiewicz, and then you meet other people, and it's like a crime gasm. Yeah, it really is. It honestly, it's like your mind is just like exploding every single day because you're like, oh, there's right. Robbie Chowdhury, there's there's right. Jeff Pitts, there's Josh Mankiewicz, there's Keith Morrison, there's Nancy Grace, and they're just walking around. And Nancy Grace so- actually was a lot of fun. We met her the year before. I thought she was great, and I did not like her before. And just meeting her at CrimeCon, I was she was just fun. Her twins were a little annoying. She was fun. <laughs> Okay. So, so you told me that story and you said that you really liked Nancy Grace and you showed me the Mm -hmm. selfie that you guys took and like, you were like, Oh, she's so fun. So, um, Simone and I were walking, I can't remember which day it was. And we just happened to pass by Nancy Grace and her twins. And I was like, Oh, there's Nancy. I'm like, I'm going to ask for a picture. So I was like, Nancy, hi. I'm like, Hey, do you mind if we take a picture? She's like, of course, you know, she's so sweet. And after we took a picture, her twins, the, the boy looks at me and he has this little notepad and he's like, can you guys sign my notepad? And so apparently he was like gathering signatures from the guests who were there. I don't know if he was asking because we were podcasters, if he was just asking anybody to sign his notebook. I don't know, but it was the cutest thing. It could be something like a little kid does. Totally. Like it was just so cute. And then I was like, hey, do you guys like stickers? And Nancy's like, oh, they love stickers, you know? And so me and Simone gave them some podcast stickers and buttons or pins or whatever that we had. Um, and it was just like, it was so cute, but yeah, Nancy Grace was so cool. And she was wearing this cute, like silver necklace that like had like handcuffs, you know, it was like a pair of handcuffs as a necklace, which was cool. It's subjective. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun. Totally like being in band cap, like, you know, the captain says, and so much fun. I wish you were there all three days, but you were there in spirit and, Next year is going to be a whole new, oh my God, I can't even imagine next year. I'm already anticipating next year. Everyone has to go. I miss Paul Holes. I miss Ryan Ferguson. Like there's some true crime hotties that I miss. Girl, oh my God, Paul Holes. Right? So hot. Dude, I had no idea, but yes. And every woman was talking about him after he, they did their presentation and their meet and greet. They're like, oh my God, it's Paul. But yeah, so for those who don't know, Paul Holes, but he's the guy who actually turned in the DNA that caught Golden State Killer, right? Yes, correct. So, okay, so Carrie, where can people find you on social media? And do you want to plug anything? Oh, I want to plug Paul's hole. (laughs) Bada bing. Uh, (laughs) She'll be here all night, folks. (laughs) It's so sad I sat on that for a minute. I'm like, should I? And I was like, so we actually had a beer tasting event for my work today. Okay. So I am in a, in my car right now after our beer tasting event, like doing this interview. So I apologize if I'm a little, uh, I'm ready basically to take a flight anywhere. No, that actually, see, and I, okay. So next time we take a flight, you need to be a little bit lit before we actually <laughs> meet up at the, at the airport. <laughs> well, that's the problem with early flights. If they were all at like five, 6 p.m., I'd be fine. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Carrie Martin 22 on Twitter and Carrie Martin 722 on Instagram. It's one of the two. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's my okay. So I'm born July 26th. Oh, I see. But, but one is yeah. It's it's not concurrent. Uh, just find me if you can, and if you don't, just follow Jamie at Murderous. She's amazing. She's so fun. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, you for following. Yes, I know, and I. Love, love, love any time that I get to spend with you. And we still need to meet up and have drinks. Yeah, let's do it. And if any of you guys are in LA, I'll be honest, and I've said this before, I really don't care if like one of the people listening murders me. 
So <laughs> I will be, I will be tribute. And, <laughs> and, and Carrie <laughs> has signed, <laughs> Carrie has signed a contract in blood that says that Jamie from Murderish gets um, first dibs on her murder story. So don't even try it. Anybody. I am telling uh, her murder girl. story. <laughs> you do that. And like my, uh, Manolo Blahniks. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody out there wearing a size eight? All yours. Done. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Um, I guess I'm a big loser because I'm home on a Friday night. Not that talking to you makes me a loser because that's amazing and exciting. But this is what I do on Friday nights. I have phone calls with friends. Yeah. So I'm going to go Netflix and chill. I don't know about you, but. Oh, no. I'm going back into a bar. Oh, good for you. My friends were nice enough to wait while I did this podcast. Uh, but I will probably uh, promptly order chicken nachos and then in like two hours, I'll be in bed watching like RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. And order extra sour cream for me on those nachos. Uh, of course. <laughs> All right, Carrie, I'm going to be in touch soon. Love ya. So happy we got to have this talk. You're balls, and have fun tonight. Okay. Have fun. Bye Talk guys. soon. Bye. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And don't be shy. Tell a friend. The word of mouth is powerful. You can follow the podcast on social media, on Twitter at Murderish Pod, and on Facebook at Murderish Podcast. I have a closed group set up for us to discuss all things murderish. If you'd like to take your support for the podcast a step further, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash murderish. If you choose to become a patron, you'll get some extra perks in exchange. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash murderish. Murderish merchandise is also available at two online stores. Links to the online stores are available in show notes and in the about section of the Murderish Podcast Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. And remember, listening to this podcast doesn't make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish. Hi, I'm Roseanne, host of the California Dreaming Podcast, a show that delves into the darker side of the not-so-golden state. Together, we will visit some of the most unhinged and chilling crimes that ever shook California and beyond. Join me as I take you on a journey into a new story each week with a different backdrop from all around California. From the bright lights and glamour of Hollywood to the picturesque and tranquil wine country, no crime, no town, nobody is off limits. Listen to California Dreaming on the Orbital Jigsaw Network or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast. My name is Michael, and each week I shall take you on a guided walk of hundreds of untold, unsolved, and long-forgotten murders, all set within one square mile, proving that if you dig deep enough, you'll find that on every street, in every city, there's a killer on every corner, death on every doorstep, and homicide in every home. Murder Mile is investigated using original police files and eyewitness testimony, with authentic sounds recorded at the murder location itself, and is accompanied by photos, videos and maps to make you feel like you're actually there. A new episode of the Murder Mile True Crime Podcast is released every Thursday on almost every podcast platform. Thank you. Enjoy your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.